are back, and let me be the first one to welcome all of you lovely listeners to Season 2, Psalm, Season 2 of the Romans Empire Podcast. How do we make it this far? I honestly have no fucking idea, but somehow, some way, we did. And and the surprising thing is, we actually got a decent amount of support last year, which is shocking, because our podcast is very average. Yeah, it's Season 2 of what? What? The Romans Empire podcast. Yeah, let them hear. That's where all we do is talk Chelsea and talk shit about everyone else. Because, frankly, if they aren't Chelsea, then they're just that utter shit. Um, as always, I am reunited, reunited with the World Cup going Sam Bagri. So, Sam, I mean, how was the World Cup, man? Man, I just got to say, first of all, shout out to Russia. Shout out to Putin. They did such a great job organizing it. I felt safe at all times. Um, just a once, I feel like, I mean, once in a lifetime experience that you can experience every four years. But it's just it, walking around the streets of Russia, St. Petersburg, Moscow, wherever. I mean, if, I, I recommend anyone to try if they want to travel to Europe, um, if they're not there already. Moscow and St. Petersburg are amazing cities. And, um, just walking around, everyone wearing their, you know, country's jerseys, you know, just friendly banter with the other other countries. Do, 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 do. Eat oh, all all day. I mean, I'm sure I don't know if anyone <laughs> knows the Iranian chant, but I mean, our hotel we stayed outside um, for the Iran Spain game. Our uh, hostel it was actually a Airbnb, an apartment. It was literally like a two minute walk from the the stadium. So everyone who walked to the stadium had to walk outside of our hotel. And I'm not kidding. The game started at, I think, 8 p.m. From 5.30 on, just constant. People walking by like um, for, for three hours straight almost. Overwhelming sense of it pride. Was, I mean, not, not just Iran. It was every, every, every person's country. I mean, every – person who came was you know well you it even was, it was an amazing experience you even joined in on some of the russian festivities oh right? man i mean I, I i'm definitely part russian after the after this world cup <laughs> i mean just the way that they play i was only there for group stages so obviously they're probably the best team in all the group stages um arguably i mean they did score the most goals yeah and it was just it was it was crazy in the streets of russia it was amazing great experience and if anyone wants to you know is, is on the on edge i mean qatar next one but, let's uh, go. I'm thinking Euros 2020. You know, it's it all is, throughout Russia. It's all around uh, Europe. It's in a bunch yeah. of different countries. Uh, you know, and it, I think Wembley is uh, hosting a couple matches. We might want to stop by there. Say say what's up to all of our fans. I I think that's a good shot. I think we should start <laughs> looking forward to that. But um, before we do, let's talk about the immediate future of Chelsea Football Club. Let's do it. It's going to so, be club football. Our finally, finally. Maurizio Sarri signs for Chelsea, uh, three-year contract. So I mean, this was a long-awaited managerial appointment. I mean, with the whole shit show with Antonio Conte and the board's lack of properly sacking a manager, um, we finally got our man after yeah. all this time. So I mean, many of our listeners probably know who he is by now um, in terms of his background. But Sam, I mean, why don't you just give us a basic synopsis of who Maurizio Sarri is as a person, and then uh, we'll dive into who he is as a coach. All right, yeah, it's definitely. So, I mean, obviously to start off, he signed into a three-year deal. So, I mean, um, obviously things can end a little bit sooner if uh, really? things don't that go happens? his way. It happens in football. Wow, who would have thought? Yeah, um, shout out to Antonio Conte. Um, so, who is Maurizio Sarri? So, during his playing times, uh, he played center back in a non-league semi-pro side. Um, back, you know, and during in his youthful times, uh, and then eventually um, transitioned to becoming a banker at Banca Monte de Pasci di Siena in Tuscany. So it's one of the oldest banks, it, if not, I think it is. It actually is the oldest bank. It in is the, the world, oldest yeah. bank in the world. So this is doing this while coaching non-league side. So very humble beginnings. Um, then eventually quit his banking job just to purely focus on coaching. Um, which was a great decision because in 2005 he was able to get his first professional coaching job um, in Serie B with uh, the, the the club Pescara. So eventually, after that, he uh, moved over to Empoli um, and was able to get them promoted in 2014. Um, then after 2014 and 2015, signed with Napoli, which uh, I'm sure majority of uh, 
our fans are very familiar with his tenure. Um, he earned his stripes as one of football's most promising new coaches. Um, in his last season at Napoli, his side were in the title hunt all the way down to the end of the season, where, and unfortunately, they finished second. Um, you know, not much they can do with Juventus. Um, he set a club, however, he set a club record of 91 points. So, um, really, really greatest... hard done by last year because right. he went up against one of the strongest Juve sides in uh, in in Italian football history. So, I mean, the finish with 91 points and finish second, mm -hmm. that's uh. I, I, I guess that's worth mentioning. It's it's definitely an honorable mention. Yeah, and this is all this is mostly due to his style of football that he plays. And it's they coined the name Sorry Ball um, to try to describe his play style. Zach, you are the more uh, technical uh, out of the out of the two of us. So why don't you explain to everyone what type of football we should expect to see uh, at Chelsea this upcoming season and for the foreseeable future with Sorry at the helm. Well, I think the the most not noticeable difference right off the bat would be the uh, four at the back. Yes. Um, so I'm, we're finally reverting back, and as 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 the football purist I am, I mean, this makes me pretty happy. So four three three is is his system of choice. Um, he loves playing out of the back. Um, he utilizes a ball playing goalkeeper um, with technically sound center backs and high energy uh, overlapping wing backs, if you will. Um, he always has a midfield three with a deep-lying playmaker in the Chavi role, which is what Jorginho will be taking up for us. We'll get to that later. Mm -hmm. um, he has a high-energy ball-winning midfielder playing right in front, a.k.a. N'Golo Kante, and uh, a goal-scoring attack-minded midfielder who drives forward and creates um, basically a number 10. Um, his wingers are pacey, and, they're, and they are goal-scoring threats. They, um, he likes to have wingers that cut inside um, and that make forward runs. Um, and his center forward is usually the man tasked with finishing off the build-up play. Um, he loves to use his forwards as a poacher, um, and and he also uh, likes to deploy them in a way where um, they could get in behind defenses in tight spaces to create that yard or two to uh, get some shots in on goal. So um, I guess the first thing that we have to mention about Maurizio Sarri, and it's something that's very, very different to Chelsea fans in general, um, the man hates the transfer window. Um, he was quoted saying, I want to clarify, I feel I'm more of a field manager, a pitch manager than a general manager. I think I'm one of the new, one of the few managers who's bored by the transfer market. I don't want to talk about it. I'm not that interested in it. I think our task as managers is about growing the players we have. So, I mean, you're, you're looking at this guy from the outside and it does make sense as to why the board hired him. He, he doesn't like the transfer window. So he doesn't seem like he's the type of person to demand players even though the press loves to publish that mm -hmm. um the fact of the matter is he has been on record stating that he doesn't like to dive into the transfer window he likes to work with what he has so, so i mean what, you, what to take from that uh is what you're saying is that whenever a, a fan is looking up an article and it sees something about sorry demanding a certain player to just understand that that's it's it's bs that, it's probably some wants. sky sports bullshit oh, just a just a sky sports not reliable is that what you're saying sky sports is never reliable <sighs> they all, all i don't even want to get into it <laughs> but but we all know that we all know how they uh how they love to publish their own story so people could put money down on bets hey that's um, great shout out to jordan shout pickford out. and how we supposedly had interest 48 hours ago and now this morning um we have no interest at all so pickford yeah. Up. Yeah. He, he came up big in the World Cup. So now that now that our listeners are a little bit more accustomed to the new new manager in in, in town, what do you think, Zach? How do you feel about the new signing? Um, I feel like it's about fucking time, but I also love it. Um, mm. like I said earlier, I am, I am a purist, and I I find I being a Chelsea fan, especially during the Abramovich era, you found an appreciation for that smash and grab defensive side of football. Um, but this is a more than welcome managerial appointment for me personally because the league is changing and you know we see managers who like to play attacking football um, on the front foot like Pep Guardiola, um, Jurgen Klopp. You know they're just two of the guys that have found the most success recently uh, both domestically and in Europe. Um, and I think the football at the bridge this year is going to be entertaining, um, especially after seeing how well the players are adapting to the new system in the preseason. You know you got guys like. Um, Jorginho coming in, who's just absolutely brilliant on the ball. Um, Ross Barkley has looked really good in the preseason. Cesc Fabregas looks like he might have a role this season. 
Um, Cali- with the personnel that we have, it really is it's, it's something to look forward to with the system. There is there is a ton a ton of attacking talent on our side, fit. and yet exactly you know uh, Callum Hudson Adoy impressing early on. Hopefully, if we do keep Eden Hazard, which I I think we will, um, we're gonna see him back at his best. And I mean, you look at Hazard for the Belgium squad in the World Cup. Look what he's capable of when when he's on a side that's set up to attack, um, as opposed to sit deep and hit on the counter. Um, it's just nice to have a manager that's not a diva for once as well. I mean, I think that's I think that's the real talking point here. And I think it's also really convenient that you know we built our team based off of um, really what what Antonio Conte's system, and I think that this transition like, with using the same personnel more or less, uh, plus or minus you know Jorginho and a couple other players, it's it's still it's it the what the personnel we have right now it fits I think seamlessly into this new system as well, which is very convenient. We don't have to do a complete overhaul. Well, we talked about it last year. I mean, oftentimes when we saw the three-man midfield under Conte, it, it looked decent at times. Yeah, um, so, you know, we, we mentioned it a few times on a podcast last year. Seeing a 4-3-3 is definitely a welcome sight. I just want to go back really quick, and I just want to mention um, our past in terms of the managers that we've hired, the whole diva situation. We had yeah. guys like Antonio Conte coming in, great manager, um, take nothing away from him. I mean, you know, in the short time he was with us, he won us two trophies. I will never forget. But um, Antonio Conte, Jose Mourinho, two guys that kind of self-destruct um, when things don't go their way. I mean, Antonio Conte. I mean, we all know his issue with the with the transfer business. Um, Jose Mourinho. We know the issue that he had in the lock in the dressing room um, and, and the spat that he had with guys like Cesc Fabregas and Eden Hazard. Yeah, the whole snakes seat, in the grass his, nonsense. His seat is- pretty warm right now at man united as well it is i think the betting odds are uh i think i think he has the highest odds to get sacked this season to be the first manager but you know on the board level the signing makes sense um in terms of Maurizio sorry because he both understands the business side of the game and the footballing side of the game and that should be and i'm putting emphasis on should be uh the making of a healthy relationship between him and the board you know he's the type of manager we're not used to seeing at chelsea one that isn't here on reputation but one that's rather here to establish himself as one of the world's best. He has a point to prove. Um, he's not building on something that he, – he's, he's not building on a reputation that he already has in terms of him being world-class like a Pep Guardiola or a Jose Mourinho or a, or a uh, Jurgen Klopp, for example. This guy is, a relatively, is relatively new to the game. He's relatively new to top-flight football. And with that being said, he has a point to prove. Um, and, and he even said in his opening press conference, one of my favorite quotes from him was saying, you know, we play football because we love the game. Um, football is supposed to be fun. We're supposed to enjoy ourselves. And I think that's something that we could look forward to this season with the players we have. Now, I know a lot of fans are feeling that kind of meh about his appointment, and I get that. But I'm just really curious to see how he does because if it works and if it comes off, it will be some of the most entertaining football we've ever had at the bridge. Yeah, I think you put it very well, Zach. I think very well put. Um, and, you know, Zola is – I'm sorry. <laughs> I just totally ruined the next part. But um, sorry is not the new only new face uh, that we're going to see around the pitch next season. And, you know, this another new face is also a very familiar face with Gianfranco, uh, Gianfranco Zola. He's also appointed as uh, Sari's assistant coach. Um, so, obviously, Chelsea legend, played at the club for years, and – was a fan favorite. He's one of my all-time favorite Chelsea players. I mean, do we well. really like? Do we really have to go into? I think who's no, like if you it, don't know who Zola is, you probably shouldn't be listening. You're right. You're yeah. right. And I, th- I think we can definitely just do a whole episode about how awesome he was. But yeah, um, you know, I think that this is a really exciting appointment. Um, it's it's you know it's nice to have um, a blue back. You know, very very legendary and you know well respected blue back in you know the helm. Um, you know, it's, 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 it's with Lampard, um, going off to coach, uh, Darby, right? Yeah. Lampard and Jody Morris. Yeah. And Jody Morris together. Um, you know, it was, it's really nice. I, I, I was hoping for one of those two, but you know, having another legend blue, like, it's like a good, Zola it's, is really nice to have, you know, in the organization. It's just a really good year for, for Chelsea alumni, isn't it? I agree. It's, yeah, it is. I mean, that's what it, that, that's definitely what it seems like. And how, do, how, how, how do you feel about about the Zola signing, I I think it was the obvious choice. Um, I think if they were even considering getting anyone else in his place, um, it would have been foolish. I mean, we we, we kind of knew all along that Zola was always Plan A. Um, 
for that position. But you know, there's it. It doesn't only hark back to his Chelsea playing days. I mean, there's all there's also that Italian connection with Maurizio Sarri, and you know, um, Zola does have one of the most popular fan to player relationships with the Chelsea supporters. I mean, he's beloved by everyone at the club, very well respected, and also respected by the players. I know Charlie Masanda. Um, has been posting on his Instagram just, you know, some videos of him uh, juggling with, with Zola and saying, you know, this has been a dream of mine. You know, this is a guy I looked up to and a guy I watched when I was growing up. Um, and now that he's coaching me, it's it's going to bring the best out of me. And that's that's something that we needed at the club. We needed something pure. We needed something, something blue, not someone from the outside. Um, and I think that's something that we've been missing ever since we lost Steve Holland because he seemed to be that one um, – that, that one – true uh, Chelsea through and through type of blue fiber that we had in the club. And now that we're bringing Zola back, we're gaining a little of that um, back at the club. So, I mean, that's going to be a good thing. I, one thing I'm curious about, I just want to mention it quick. I want to know your thoughts. But if we do keep Hazard, um, we're going to have two of the most naturally gifted footballers that ever play for Chelsea, mm-hmm. um, one in the coaching staff and one as a player. I'm really curious to see how that dynamic works out. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely – I think that a big part of the signing was for Hazard. I mean, he can. I think. I mean, if if if, if he were. If if you were to look at his his body of work just as a glue, um, you could make you could make a very strong case of him being, not. I mean, I think we talked about this before. Not the greatest Chelsea player of all time, but probably the best as far as talent wise. Yeah. You know, I mean, when you talk about greatest, you talk about you know how much you've won and how much you've you know contributed to the club, everything. But I think if you go based off a pure talent standpoint, um, just you know the the level of skill and you know just being an amazing soccer player, I think you can put both of those two names up there at one and two. Um, and I think Hazard um, really having someone you know with along along his sides that is in the same category as him, it's going to help him out a lot. And I think that it's it's it, you know understanding. That staying a blue for a while has a lot of great benefits to it, you know, to become a Chelsea legend. Yeah, and I I, I agree. I think I think Zola could bring out the best in Hazard. Um, I I, I want to go straight into it. Um, l- let's talk about our transfers. So let's do it. we didn't only bring in Maurizio Sarri, but mm-hmm. um, the reason, possibly the reason why the deal was held up for so long, is because uh, there was a player involved. So Jorginho arrived. Mm. Um, Man City's Jorginho. <laughs> Not no, right. Yeah, no, no, no. Uh, that was a, you know, it was a surprise to Chelsea fans. Um, but you know, we're all kind of sitting there scratching our heads. Why the fuck isn't this deal getting over the line? And then all of a sudden, Mauricio Sarri and Jorginho come flying into London, um, signing contracts with Chelsea. So, um, yeah, he signed a five-year deal for a fifty-point-four million pound fee. Um, and and it's I guess it's safe to say that he was Sarri's past master at Napoli, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, if you look at the numbers. 1,136 forward passes last season at Napoli. That would be more than any other Premier League player um, this past season. Um, his, his debut in against Perth, 98 passes in just one half of football. That's a pass every 27 seconds, Zach. That's absurd. Um, this is this is such – I wish we had Jorginho last season um, to play in this 3-4-3 because he would have been so perfect to play alongside um, N'Golo Conte. Mm-hmm. Uh, and give and give that pressure off of um, Fabregas, which what we seek so much. But I think that Jorginho, I mean, is just going to be fantastic. Obviously, we saw him play in Sarri's uh, uh, his his style of football in Napoli, and he was one of the best players for that team. Um, you know, not even not just you know the amount of of passes, but his pass success success rate. He had the highest pass success rate in all of Serie A players, eighty nine point three percent, Zach. With an average of 108 passes per game, I mean he's he he's he's the definitely the pass master from Napoli, um, and I think that you know it's 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 safe to say that he was probably you could probably consider world him world class last season. Under sorry, under sorry, yeah. yeah, right, um, in his system. So he's he what a great what a great addition, um, alongside sorry, um, you know to bring in someone who is already accustomed to the system. Um, doesn't have to go through that learning curve and will be, you know, very helpful to the other players and, uh, you know, being accustomed to this new 
new style that we're going to be playing this season. Um, Zach, what do you think about the signing? I, I, I think it was a perfect signing um, in, in a lot of ways. One, because you look at the price tag, and some people will balk 50.4 million pounds and say, oh, that's expensive. But if you look at today's window, we have goalkeepers going for 70 million. <laughs> and if you're going to compare Jorginho to Allison in terms of their positions, um, Jorginho's a bargain buy. It's a really good deal for what we got. And, uh, you know, you alluded to it. If we had a player like him last season, um, who knows what could have happened. I mean, obviously, center mid was our was our weakest position last year. But now we got this box-to-box midfielder who could play both sides of the ball. And I think that's the unspoken um, attribute about Jorginho. He's willing to do the dirty work. Um, defen- defender. Defensively, uh, he positions himself really well. Really well. He cuts off passing lanes. Um, he's great at intercepting balls. Um, he's not the biggest guy ever, and I think he will have a little bit of trouble in the Premier League when it comes to physicality. Um, but I think that he has enough quality to overcome that. I don't think that um, I don't think that him not being physically dominant is going to hinder um, his success at Chelsea Football Club. But um, you know, his quick, short passing uh, and his IQ. I, I think his IQ is the thing that that's most impressive about him because he's not the most athletic person ever. And, you know, he, he's not the fastest. He's not the biggest. He's not the quickest. Isn't there another player on Chelsea who, who kind of fits that exact description? N'Golo Conte? Well, I, you know, N'Golo Conte does – He, I mean, he's pacey. He's quick, yeah. But but he does have the size, yeah. And, and I see what you're saying. Athleticism. Yeah. You know, it, most of his work is done with his brain. Exactly, exactly. And, you know, Jorginho is just going to be the perfect comp- complement to that because – we saw in matches last year where we deployed N'Golo Conte on either the right or left side, right or left side of center mid, looking back at, back at Atletico Madrid in the Champions League, mm-hmm. and we saw how well he does when he presses high. And having a guy like Jorginho, he's going to drop in between the lines. He's going to sit in between the two center back at center backs at times. Um, our wing backs are going to push up. Jorginho is going to drop in. He's going to be dictating play. And N'Golo Conte is going to be breaking up play higher up the field. Both of those players are going to have a lot of freedom. A ton of freedom, yeah, and I think to play off each other really well. And and I think Conte does get a bad rap sometimes in terms of his um, offensive production. But I mean, if you look at if you look at his passing stats and you look at um a, a, at his range of passing, his ability to dribble the ball, mm-hmm. his ability to, to to squeeze out of small spaces and tight and in, in, in tight positions, Conte is really good at that. Yeah, but he's never going to be like a ten. 10 goal, you know, no, score in no, the definitely season. not. But, ne- you know, but th- th- that's not what you're asking. That's not what we need from him, you know, obviously. No. I mean, that would be a nice addition. I mean, he'd probably be the best player in the world if he did that. But, I mean, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll take what he gives us, and what he gives us is a lot, you know. It's not yeah. like <laughs> he's, he's a scrub I, out there. I just think, I just think we're going to see some new things from Angolo Conte this year because he is going to have less defensive responsibility because we are not going to be playing on the defensive side anymore. Man. We're going to be attacking teams now. So, you know, that's going to give him a little bit more freedom to make some forward runs or to uh, to push out wide and, and create space up the middle for somebody to make a run into. You know, it's just going to be exciting to see how this all kind of pans out. Um, but I think we're spending a little too much time on Jorginho. I, I, I want to I mean, move he's on. Gonna, he's going to be huge the rest of the season. So, I mean, we'll, I have, have, a, we'll have so much time to talk about him. I have him. a feeling he's going to be my new favorite player. I, I, I agree. But um, let's, let's move on to a yeah. situation that's not as exciting. Um, this, this situation surrounding Eden Hazard. Um, who's coming off arguably, um, you know, he's arguably the best player at the World Cup, you know, at least top three player in my opinion. He yeah. he, he balled out for a, a team, and if, if, I think I think if you watched Belgium's last match, um, he's the only player who who really played well, yeah. um, and that's including De Bruyne and Lukaku and all these other you know top Premier League players. So he he's coming off you know an amazing World Cup, uh, coming off a season from Chelsea, which is, you know, not very, uh, you know, if you, if you, you can turn into any of our episodes from last season, you'll see how, how we felt about this last season. But, um, you know, and with, with Real Madrid losing Cristiano, we, and plus addition of all the talks beforehand, we thought it was a foregone conclusion that Eden Hazard was gone to Real Madrid. But, you know, they've been in talks with him and in his father for a while. Um, I mean, that's very typical for them yeah. to talk to the father. See, but. see here's a, here's the thing, though. Like, a, a lot of people like to overreact when they hear, oh, Eden Hazard has, has been in talks with Madrid or has been in contact with Madrid. Mm-hmm. This is a normal thing in football. Yeah. 
players always like to keep their options open. They always need to keep a market for themselves because you don't know what's going to happen next. Yeah, I mean, you know, and and the thing is, the thing that's holding it, holding up everything is that you know Chelsea very rightly. I mean, uh, if you consider the alleged agreement between um, them for Courtois, um, which is not official still, but you know they're not going to accept anything less than a fee in the region of two hundred million dollars for this guy because yeah. I mean he's this is. One of the top. I mean, let's be honest. If Coutinho is going for 175, yeah. Hazard has to go for at least 200. Yeah, he, I mean, yeah, least. of course. Um, sorry, has not spoken to him yet because he would rather do it in person. He's, He's not school. arrived yet, and that's you know something I respect. Uh, maybe in this age, it's uh, something that's a little bit unreasonable. But what do you think is gonna happen, Zach? What are we are we gonna be looking at Eden Hazard in a Real Madrid Los Blancos jersey, or is he gonna be rocking the blues? I think I think I think he stays. Um, I think it's too late in the window to get rid of a guy like Eden Hazard because you can't replace him. Mm. Um, I think if we lose him at this stage, it's it's gonna be a massive failure on on the board level, and it's gonna trickle down all the way to the first team. You can't lose your first player a week and a half out um, from the transfer window closing. Um, but you know he he's comfortable and and he is happy here. I, I think that's something to mention. I'm happy you know, with him here too. He does he does talk a lot about you know him you know wanting to play for Real Madrid and he he alluded to it after the World Cup. He didn't specifically name drop Madrid, but he said you know where my destination would be. Um, but look at it this way: who doesn't want to play for Real Madrid? Um, I don't care what club you grew up supporting. I don't care um, what players you grew up supporting. If a team like Real Madrid or a team like Barcelona come calling, you're going to listen at least. Um, and, and you're going to envision yourself playing for them at some point. Now, whether you do that or not is up to you. I don't think Eden Hazard's going to go. Um, I think he has a chance to be the greatest Chelsea player ever if he stays. I think that's a big reason why he would stay. Um, but I also think you know, bringing in Sarri and Jorginho, you know, th- those are huge factors um, in terms of his decision, you know, he, he talked about it last season after the FA Cup. He says, you know, I got to see what kind of players the, the board brings in. I want to see the aspirations. And, you know, a lot of people like to mope about the fact that we didn't go out and buy three or four new players um, this summer. But you look at the one player we did bring in, or the two technically if you include Rob Green, but if you look at Jorginho, that's the type of player you bring in to build around Eden Hazard. That's the type of player that complements Eden Hazard. Mm-hmm. Um, I think last year he was looking at the squad and seeing guys like, you know, Timmy Bakioko and saying, you know, these are the guys that you're bringing in to support me. Um, how am I supposed to thrive? I'm an attacker. You know, I, I, I don't want to do this he's for another year. Yeah, he's exactly. So now now that we have an attacking team um, and a manager that's willing to exploit our attacking talent. Oh, and he's going to bring out the best in Hazard. It's going to be. It's going to be mean, Belgium Hazard. Yeah. If, if he's going to be playing on the wing, it's going to be. When you continue playing in the wing, which is what I see, it's gonna be great, man. I mean, I I, I don't think it's far fetched to uh to just you know, if Hazard could stay healthy and if he does stay and if he is committed, um you know playing on the left side, in that four three three, I think he could go for maybe fifteen goals, ten assists mm-hmm. at the bare minimum. Hey, I, I don't ball, think it's false unreasonable. Nine? False nine? Are you feeling false nine? Um, <laughs> I don't know if I'm feeling the false nine. Here's the thing: it's like Hazard used to complain when Mourinho was manager. Oh, he wanted to play the number ten. He wants to play up the middle. He wants to create. Yeah, I don't. And see and, that. and and you know when Antonio Conte came in, he did exactly that, and he kind of played him as a false nine. And Hazard complained. Oh, I want to be back out on the left. I want to play with Willian, right? Yeah. So you know. Maurizio Sarri is going to take note of that. Hazard's best position is off the left. Mm-hmm. Um, when you give him that free roll to cut in and just kind of do whatever the fuck he wants because he's he the most he talented player on the field nine times out of ten. Right. Um, so, you know, I, I, I think he stays. I think, uh, I think you know, we look forward to seeing Hazard come back and, and, and eventually, you know, finish his career or at least play into his 30s and play out this next contract. I've definitely changed my tune about this. I, th- I thought Real Madrid was in a tough position. They just won – Champions League, losing arguably the best player in the world, um, I felt like they were in a position where they needed to replace him, and it was crucial, and that they would just agree to any transfer fee that that Chelsea named, but obviously they're not, and I think that it would be really good, I think it would be good business if eventually Real Madrid caves, and they say, alright, we'll give you that 200 to maybe 200 plus million transfer fee, and but at the same time, uh, I think that with the moves that we made, I think that I, it's it's not it's 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 very realistic that in you know maybe even this season, but more realistically, 
next season, this Chelsea team is going to look completely different than what we saw last year, and it's mm-hmm. going to be you know something good. Um, and I think that you know this is this is going to be an experiment, and I think that it's it's going to leave a lot of fans timid um, to see what's going to happen the first couple matches. And you know, don't be a fr- don't don't give up hope if it's not exactly what you think it's going to be the first couple of matches. I think it's going to take some time to accustom a brand new system with I, these teams. We have a lot of players that still haven't even come back from 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 right. their holidays. Yet. Right. So so it's 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 but I'm just I think that if Hazard stays, which I really do want him to now, because. You know, starting the last season, I was like, this is going to be a long rebuild. But chances are, it's very possible that this rebuild is not going to be as long as we think. No. Um, so let's talk a little bit about another story making the rounds. Um, regarding William, you mentioned him earlier. Um, supposed to be his, his wingmate um, on the other side of the pitch. But um, another, you know, Mourinho was talking about wanting a reunion with William. This has been... a uh, Talk topic that we've been talking about since last season. Yeah, probably um, since I think since last January. Yeah, yeah. and you know there, there's some a little a couple more details that have been brought up that are new. Supposedly a potential Martial William swap is on the cards. I'm not sure how I feel about that, but also really? Mar- Martial, I'm 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 over him. I think I'm I'm I rate him lower than most people because just you know that's just how I feel. But let. But the other part of the story is Barcelona is also interested until they purchased Malcolm, but Chelsea rejected three bids. Of, apparently, I don't, I don't know if I believe it, but uh, in the region of sixty million, which is pretty ridiculous. That uh, I mean, I think it's, gr- I think it's good business to sell a player like William for sixty million. I mean, that would have been unreal. I, I, that's why I, I hesitate to believe this report that Chelsea. <laughs> They 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 got an offer. It was like forty million. Nope, fifty million. Nope, sixty million. You got to give me nope. a little bit more. I, I don't believe it. How for can thir- they do for, that? For for someone asking to be thirty, like I love William. Don't yeah. get me wrong. Give me these. Give me thirty. Or yeah, next month. But you know, like if we do if we do keep William, because I know we look at the figure and say, oh, sixty million. You know, the the club would be foolish not to sell him for that. I mean, yeah, I could see I could see the logic in that, and I agree with that. But at the same time, if we do keep William, it's not the end of the world. Of course because, not. Because, I mean, I mean, I think most Chelsea fans are enamored by, by William. They love him. I mean, he's he, from what he – Well, you got, a lot of, you got a lot of uh, – you got a lot of keyboard warriors that will disagree with you. But, oh, yeah. I mean, those are, you're those, right. I mean, those, are the, those are the typical armchair supporters who don't see – I mean, see... if you're going to say that, you can't have a consensus opinion on anything. Because yeah. Because there's yeah. going to be someone who's against it. But I think for the most part – you know, I, I, you're right. I'm, I'm speaking. I'm speaking for my own. I, I, I can't speak for the whole fan base. To me, in my opinion, I, I think he, he is such an amazing player to have, um, alongside Hazard as a winger. Because you know, of course, sometimes he, he, he does have stretches where he's not, you know, he's, he's not putting out 100% effort or he just doesn't look himself. But I think that for 80% of the season, it's 85 to 90. Maybe he he plays like an amazing player, and he he goes through stretches where he's scoring, you know, every, every match one or two goals. So, you um, know, he, he he I love I love him. He is one of our streakier players, but I think like something to mention is, like we we talk about his partnership with Hazard, their interplay together, mm-hmm. you know, just that just that, the quick short passing in and around the eighteen yard box when teams are sitting deep, there, I don't think there's a, a better one two punch. In London, mm-hmm. I mean, maybe the old Premier League. You know, you, you look at him and you say, "Yeah, well, if you look at his figures, he scores eight goals a season. He, he's not a double figures type of player." Mm-hmm. Well, look at the systems he's in. When does he get a constant run out in the first team? In the last two years, we really haven't seen it. Our no. chance, the the year we won the title, it was Pedro. Pedro was our guy. Last season, it, William was getting was going in and out of the squad. He couldn't get a run in. Under Mourinho, another defensive manager, where we really couldn't see William in full force, and then you look at it, you look at him playing on a on an attack attack minded team like Brazil in the World Cup, mm-hmm. and you see what he's capable of. When you isolate him one on one, he has the quickest first step on our team. I mean, you can see last season that there were definitely times where we 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 broke out of the system play and we just gave William the ball in the top right corner, and he would just play with the ball and. Take a shot in like 
everyone will remember his goal against Barcelona and the way he played that whole you know the, for the for Amazing. both legs. He was uh you know a man on fire. Um, he it was he's a man possessed. That was a, you know that that's William at his best. You know that's it's it's outside of the system. He just kind of like it's kind of like playing isolation basketball a little bit, just letting him go. But um you so, know but I think I think if 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 it's possible, I mean I think I think it's 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 it's, it's it would be foolish for Chelsea not to sell him if if. We if Man United 50, comes 60. up to you right now and says sixty million, we'll take William off of your hands. You know, what do we do at this stage of the window? Because you know, th- the money is one thing. Obviously, that can be reinvested as well for new players. But I think the main point, or you know, something that's really exciting about the potential, is that this gives more playing time for Hudson Odoi, and I think that you know, he, I'm really high on him. Yeah, and I think that I think every Chelsea fan is. Yeah, I think we have to be. We have no choice. He's our, <laughs> he's uh, he's he's he's, he's, he's our a crown. Hope. He's a crown jewel of our of our youth, right. of, of our and, whole youth. And, and if we're able to play him more, and this season in a season where we kind of, you know, this is a transition year, um, so we're not expecting to win the Premier League this year, and of course with Man City still alive, and uh, running, uh, there's there's a, you know the chances are not very strong, but. Yeah, well, well, I think is, I think everybody has Liverpool and City gunning for right, the title right. this one, season. Yeah, that, that's going to be one and two. Uh, but I think that you know pl- having more playing time for Hudson Odoi, watching him develop with the first team, is going to be something that will will pay off in um, an endless amount of dividends in the next coming years. If but you know again, if I if we keep William, I will be so happy. With there's that a as well. there, there's a great clip just quickly on Hudson Odoi that that's making the rounds on Twitter and. and you could, you could probably even find it on YouTube yeah. where he's surrounded by three inter defenders. Mm-hmm. I did see he, that. And he makes three touches on the ball and breaks loose from all three of them. And he looks natural. And he's 17 years old. I love that. This yeah. Great. It, you know, he, he's a he does have like that ruthlessness about him where I don't give a fuck how old I am. I'm still going to destroy you. He just seems like that type of player that smells blood and goes for it. And that's something that I think is, is really rare, especially in a player that's only 17 coming – from a youth academy like Chelsea, I mean, imagine all the pressure that, that that's on this kid's shoulders, and yet he's going out so far this preseason and just playing with this lack of fear, just like a "fuck you, I'm gonna get it" attitude. And I think that's I think that's the injection that the squad needs. Um, I want to move on to Courtois really yeah, quick, no, though, yeah, because uh, this I, is... I had a great transition lined up. Hold on, let me do it. All right. You said, oh, you, you mentioned smelling blood, right? Yeah. You know what else smells? Assholes. Speaking of assholes, let's talk about Courtois. <laughs> You should. I've been working on my transitions awesome. over the summer, Zach. That's I mean, awesome. Well, well, you had a whole like what eighteen hour flight to Russia to work on. Yeah, I was writing. I was writing yeah, down, you had thirty six hours. I was of writing down noise. a bunch of transition jokes. So speaking of assholes, uh, Courtois Courtois contract runs at the end of the season. Um, an agreement has been reached for Chelsea to sell him off to Real Madrid, but reportedly, uh, reportedly, that's why. I, an agreement. I, I, I did allude to it earlier. Yeah. Um, I hate that. I'm just so I can't I can't believe anything until it's official. But yeah. Um, apparently the the holdup is that Chelsea's still looking for a replacement. You sound um, you, you actually sound like Dan Silver. Because that. <laughs> that, that that's that's like his whole like philosophy is like I don't give a fuck what the rumor mill what the rumor mill says until I see them holding up a shirt at Cobham I'm not yeah. gonna believe it. No, no, and I and, and you know it's, it's I mean that that's I mean I feel logic. like the more the more fans that think that way the the more rip. You know, rational. They'll be more. You know, it, it's good for your health, and your, your mental health. <laughs> safe, so yeah. the, the rumors that have been coming up. You know, you look at rumors for fun. Schmeichel and Jack Butlin. Those are the Butlin have been circulating as his replacement. Um, out of those two, Zach. I mean, it's, again, nothing is official. Not you know. Out of those two, I just want to know, who would you prefer? And also, just a follow up. What the fuck's taking so long in this deal? I mean, this is th- this is where I get irritated. And I, I actually went on Twitter earlier this week to talk about it because, you know, the lack of finding replacement, a replacement goalkeeper for, for Courtois at this stage of the window is, is just ridiculous. The fact that we haven't done anything, the fact that there's not even a deal in place is, 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 is nonsense. Um, a goalkeeper in sorry ball is just as important as any other player on the pitch. And with that being said, the fact that we still don't have a goalkeeper that ki- that is not training with the squad in preseason, that's not sitting in on those tactical sessions with sorry, that's not working with the with the goalkeeper trainers and is not working with Zola and is not working with the tacticians, 
that's an issue. That's mm-hmm. a major, major issue, especially on a team that plays a possession style of football like we do. Um, you know, g- going back to your question, though, um, it, it seemed like Allison was, was our plan A all summer long, right? Yeah. But he also seemed yeah. to be the plan A of almost every other club that was in dire need of a goalkeeper. Yeah, and Liverpool um, just came out with the biggest fuck you offer. There's nothing. Yeah, I mean, you, you can't I, – I can't – I'm not mad about that because I'm actually happy that we didn't spend seventy million on a goalkeeper. That's no only one was besides Liverpool. I don't well, think I, I mean, you're, I mean, you're. This is just how ridiculous the window's gone. I mean, you, you rewind two seasons, Allison wasn't even in the first team. It's crazy how Liverpool and now in he's just getting one sold season, for seventy million for just one in just one year they have completely shifted the market for defenders and goalkeepers. Well, you see by what absolutely happens? Absolutely blowing out. Well, well, that's well, that's that's just the byproduct of continuity between the manager and the board. Yeah, and also being able to sell off uh, Phil for uh, oh yeah, hundred seventy five million, getting a Champions League. Yeah, but uh, um, making some money off that. But I mean, g- going going back to your question because I do want to answer it. I think it's an interesting talking point. You know, my personal preference is Schmeichel. Um, he's a proven Premier League winner. Um, he's won the title. He's quietly been one of the best goalkeepers in the division for the past three or four years um and and there's no arguing that now now we saw what he's capable of in his performances for denmark in the world cup especially in a croatia match um and and you know i i I think it's a bargain buy um because he's 31 years old not old for a goalkeeper might i add but he could come at that cheaper price that i think the club is going to look at and, and and might be enticed by but i don't think the club is going to go for it I think they'll prioritize Jack Butland. Um, you know, you consider how young he is and the way that the board has been purchasing players and looking at players. You know, he's young, he's full of potential, and he'll have a high resale value. Um, there's just no other way about it. And the way Chelsea has been run as a club the last couple of years, this just seems like the more logical option and the more realistic option for them. Now, um, it's still like, it still really bothers me that we don't have any replacement in place you know it would be different if we were in discussions or if we were just a few million apart with Leicester or a few million apart with Stoke or just you know working out the the kinks in the contracts or the agent fees but we're not doing any of that yet nothing is coming out I don't think that there's ever been a bigger divide between the supporters and the board in 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 the Abramovich era I just think that this is the biggest gap in terms of 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 uh, transparency um, we don't know what's going on we don't know how they're approaching these types of situations and we don't know how these negotiations are going and I think that's just a massive failure on the board's part um, because it kind of leaves these fa- it, it leaves the fans in a uh, in this weird balance of we don't know what the fuck is going on we don't know whether to be happy we don't know whether to be enthusiastic or we don't know whether to be sad I veered off a little bit but um, <laughs> Butland or Schmeichel? Schmeichel's my number one. Butland's my number two. If we don't get Schmeichel and we get Butland, I'm not going to lose any sleep over that because I think either one's a great signing. But I'm just going to go out there and say right now, whatever happens, you cannot replace a goalkeeper like Thibaut Courtois at this stage of the window um, because there is no other world-class goalkeepers on the market. And yeah. Courtois is world-class. As big of a prick as he is and as much as I hate his, you know, his – his willingness to go out every single press conference and say Real Madrid is or, or Madrid is my home. Um, there's no denying the fact that he's world class. So it's going to be hard to replace him in that sense. Yeah, I mean he was a Golden Glove winner in this World Cup, which is uh, you know really good for him. You know, like whoever comes in is just going to be a vi- the 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 victim of having to compare it to himself. Having to them. exactly, and you know you look before Courtois, we had Peter Cech. Yeah. So I mean we had one of the greatest goalkeepers to ever play in the Premier League and then a world-class goalkeeper in Courtois back-to-back. And now we're going to, you know, ob- it's, 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 I don't want to say a downgrade, but because it's not, you know, those yeah. guys are world-class. It's not a knock on Schmeichel or Butland. Yeah, but and, I'm, and I'm really liking this Rob Green signing because, you know, we can't have 36-year-old Willie Caballero starting. So we go out to get thirty-eight-year-old Rob Green. <laughs> right? Well, well, Rob Green, Rob Green was a brilliant signing. Uh, you know, when you look at the when you look at the both financial and uh, domestic quotas that we have to reach, right? So oh, yeah. I mean, the homegrown quota w- w- was reached w- when we bought Rob Green. I mean, it was already yeah, reached just, before then, this, but now it just leads to an inevitable divorce with uh, Danny Drinkwater. Yep. One of our looks like we're going to spill the drink. One of the. Ha. 
Oh, that was so yeah, bad. I wanted, I think one of that's probably one of the strangest mid-season signings I've I've ever seen in my whole life. Honestly, you know, I think we're gonna look back on it like you know three or four years from now. We're gonna be talking on the pod. We're gonna be like. Remember when Denny Drinkwater played? Yeah, we're gonna be like, hey, remember when we spent, remember when we sold Matic for forty million and reinvested all that money in Danny Drinkwater? Oh my god, man, <laughs> that's just making me like nauseous. Okay, so let's uh, <laughs> let's let's move on. I want to quickly get through a couple just the other news that happened um, as far as personnel in and out. Um, so let's talk a little bit Callum Hudson Odoi. So offered a five-year contract extension. Um, and a place on the first team. Um, Huge. So this is a great, great news. This, this is definitely a s- signal by the board that um, they think that he's either real deal. He's gonna, he, you know, we we want to lock him up for a long time. The um, fact that the fact that not even the not even one rumor is circulating for him going out on loan, and that nothing has come out for saying that the club would be even open to a loan offer for from another Premier League club. That that's so encouraging. Yeah, he's been ex- extremely impressive so far throughout the the. The friendly matches that we've had, uh, what's it called? International Champions Cup? Is that yeah, what it's called? I think so. Beautiful. Yeah. What a, what a you know, great tor- tournament! If we do sign, it, let's say Hudson Odoi does sign this five-year deal, that's the signing of the summer for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I, mean, I think it, I think it shows the club's ambition in terms of, you know, maybe they are changing their philosophy towards our youth. Maybe we do want to. Maybe may, we're trying to be more financially sustainable and financially logical. Why not use our youth academy? We have one of the best youth academies in that, fucking Europe. That will that will definitely be a change in in. Uh, it's about time. Why am I blanking on the word? In the philosophy. This will be a change in yeah. philosophy. Yeah. Um. So the next move, Jeremy Boga to uh, Sassuolo. So, um. Sign uh on a three point six million pound uh, transfer fee. It includes a buyback clause. What do you think, Zach? Good business. I mean, this is it's it's just nice to see that the club is willing to sell these players and say, hey, we're gonna send you there. You're gonna be there as long as you want to be. But if you do make it, we're gonna insert a buyback clause, mm-hmm. so we could bring you back to the club and we could find a spot for you on the first team, yeah. or we could possibly be that bridge between Sassuolo and a club like Roma, or 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 a, or, or a, you know, I don't know why I threw Roma out there, but mm-hmm. like a, a team that's another tier or two up there. And you know, it's this is something he needed to do a long time ago. We did it with Nathan Ake. Mm-hmm. You know, we should have. I don't know. Did we do it with Chalaba? I can't remember off the top of the head. The buyback. I, I'm, I'm pretty sure, sure we did. Um, but you know, like this is what the club should be doing instead of these fucking stupid ass loans to a. a, a yeah, I mean, a, the kid's been loaned out every year of the past four, what four seasons, five seasons. Um, yeah, I mean, and, and he had a shot to make the first team last year. Fair play to him. He mm-hmm. tried. He didn't make it for whatever reason. Now he's going to get his chances at Suolo, and chances are he's going to be great there. Yeah, and hopefully he learns the Italian way of football before he comes back to join our it's a very Italian team. Would, would you like to see him come back? Because I, mean, I think it's too early to even put, put a finger on he, uh, what kind of player he's going to be. I mean, obviously, you want as, as a Chelsea fan, you look at our youth and you think, oh, this guy's going to be the next big thing, but... In reality, we haven't seen enough. I don't think, or I, I mean, at least I haven't seen enough to put make a, a very definite answer on whether I want to bring him back or not. Yeah. Well, we'll have, I have to just keep an eye on him this season, see what he does. Um. So let's the next player, Mason Mount, off to Der- uh, Derby to join uh Frankie and Jody Morris. Uh, you were about to long. sound so American. I was about, I almost Derby. Said Derby. Derby. Derby County. Derby County. Welcome to Derby County. Welcome to the Derby. So uh. So, are you disappointed in seeing Mason uh, going out on loan? No, not really. Just because we have this embarrassment of talent in in, in the midfield, and mm-hmm. you know, it's I, I kind of laugh at like all the transfer rumors or the Vecino rumors, or you know, like we don't need another center mid. And the fact that we loaned out Mason Mount is proof of that because this is a guy that is ready for the first team, and I think he is ready to get his chance. But you know, going to Derby County, he's going to be working with Super Frank. He's going to be working with Jody Morris. Um, you know, he's going to be playing in a in a league that's probably more competitive than the one he played in last year. To be honest, you know, the Dutch league hasn't been what it used to be for a while. Um, but no, I'm not disappointed to see him go out on loan at all. I think the physicality of the championship is more representative of 
you know, uh, the type of physicality he'll face when he does play in the Premier League. So I think that's something he needs to get used to. But also, and I think this is interesting, he alluded – he played the number 10 a lot last year with uh, with Vitesse. But he talked about it on Chelsea TV. You can go on YouTube and check it out. But he spoke about how his idol was Frank Lampard and how, he, and how he wants to actually be a number 8. He doesn't want to play the number 10. He wants to play both sides of the Great. ball. So, I mean, what better choice than playing for your idol – and playing for arguably the greatest number, uh, easily the greatest number eight that ever played for Chelsea, but mm-hmm. one of the greatest number eights in, 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 in yeah. English Premier, yeah, and yeah. definitely in the Premier League. So, you know, I, I'm really excited to see what he does, and, you know, maybe maybe it's time I start keeping tabs on the championship again. Because yep. No, definitely. I mean, we'll have our eye on Derby the whole entire season. The last sure. time I kept my eye on the championship is when Tammy Abraham was at Bristol City. Yeah. yeah not, 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 not an exciting thing to keep your eye on, huh? No, no, he lit it up that year, but I mean, you know, the, the Bristol City was just shit general. that year. Yeah. That was the only problem. So. so we have a couple other significant loans, Zach. You want to just go through them real quick, and then we'll also go through what to look out for before the window shuts. Yeah. So you know, there there are more names um, that aren't mentioned here, but these are just significant ones that I thought are worth pointing out. So we got Jay Clark Salter goes on loan to Vitesse. Um, Trevor Chalaba goes on loan to Ipswich. Um, Reese James to Wigan. Dujon Sterling to Coventry and uh, Kennedy going back to Newcastle. Um, so, so now we could start having uh, Chinese fans again because <laughs> you know whatever Kennedy did, um, that was just that was just stupid on Allegedly, his part. Allegedly, all right. It wasn't a it wasn't a legend. It was on Instagram, and he's just a fucking idiot for doing that. And you know what? To be honest, you know the club is in has every right to say you know what. God damn it, Andy. You you, you got to go. So this, this, this give him the Rafa. What happened to us? Give him the Rafa. Yeah, he deserves when they, they were Kennedy's quality though. Like I, 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 I always liked him as a player, but as a very disappointing. But but like as a person, you know, to go ahead and say that, knowing that Chelsea's uh, has a huge fucking fan base all over Asia and especially in China, that's just embarrassing. So so there's a couple things, Zach. What what, what do you gotta look out for the fans before um before the window shuts? Okay, so. <laughs> There's a lot of players that just kind of hang in the balance here, right? We got Danny yeah. Drinkwater. Where will he go? Yeah, I'm up. He, he will go. He will go. Uh, thank you, Rob Green. Um, I never thought I'd say those words ever. Shout out to Rob Green. Shout out to Rob Green. Um, yeah, uh, rumors that he might go to Southampton. Uh, Lester have inquired about him. So, you know, we'll see what happens. Probably a loan move for him with an option to buy. Um, another one is Charlie Masanda. So, you know, we have been touting him as that player who could be making that breakthrough to the first team um he hasn't really impressed very much so far in the preseason i think callum hudson adoy has stolen most of the spotlight so will he have a place in the squad that's something to look out for i know chelsea is holding out for a significant loan offer they don't want to get rid of him um they don't want to send him to a league um outside of england so you know Probably go to a mid to lower table um, Premier League side. Matt Miazga, where the heck is this guy going to go? I know uh, uh, Ken was looking after him, so that could be an option. But then we also got the the whole striker situation. So we got Michi Batshuayi coming back. We got Olivier Giroud, Murata, Tammy Abraham. The club have so many number nines. Who's going to make the cut? Is Giroud going to be at Atletico? Is Michi going to Dortmund? Is Murata going to stay? Does Tammy Abraham even have a spot on the team? That's something to look out for. Gary Cahill... Um, does he have a future under Sari? I hope so. I love Gaza. Um, he, he's always going to be my captain. Um, we got Bakioko as well, um, who just does not look like he has any sort of place um, at yeah, Chelsea is, or under Maurizio Sari. I think it's really funny how you say you have an embarrassment of riches at the number nine. It's like I, I kind of compare that to like a homeless person having like a really nice tent. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. You know what? I, I <laughs> like no, I get that. I understand. Yes, no, but but here, like I do still rate Murata. Oh, yeah. I do rate Michi Batshuayi. Like I know no, you got, don't. Got a lot of quality. I know you think differently, but like you know, Tammy Abraham's gonna be a proper Premier League player. Maybe not Chelsea quality, but. He's a proper Premier League player. Giroud, he's an asset to any. F- oh yeah. He started for a World Cup winning squad. Who gives hey, a f- like? Hey, you know. I, I, I'm I'm just giving you a hard time. I know, I know, but but like it is gonna be interesting because I see out of those four names, I mean, I look at Michi, Giroud, or Murata. I think those three um could easily be in our first team. I think Tammy Abraham has an outside shot. 
Um, but it's, I'm just curious to see what happens, who stays and who goes. Because Michi and Giroud, they aren't really the prototype for uh, Maurizio Sarri and mm-hmm. the way he plays and the, the way he likes to set up his teams. Um, but, you know, it'll be interesting to see what happens. So you mentioned also Bakayoko and yeah. possibly you know, not having a future He spot. always gives the ball away. <laughs> always. <laughs> uh, that was our remix. Um, so obviously – that means there's going to be a couple more spots open in the midfield. One of those spots is um, rumored to possibly being filled by our very own RLC, Ruben Loftus-Cheek. Um, returned to training a week early today, actually. and uh, Commitment. He was very impressive during the World Cup. Um, came on as an impact sub the first match and was able to actually start in their second match. Um, I think that he's clearly ready for first-team football. Um, no, no. Was it? A, was it? Wasn't it the third match against Belgium where he started? No, he, no. It was the second match he yeah, started. Yeah, I, I, yeah I, I forget who got hurt, but um, Dele, somebody got hurt. But it was Deli Ali. Yeah, Deli Ali got hurt, and Fisher was stud. I know it's so hard to root for England with like, so many Tottenham players. You know, oh like my God. It, that. That's the thing. It's like you saw this, this like, I don't know, like like this renaissance of passion. In England for, for for their national team, right? It's, and and it was like hard. it was across the whole country. Like they were just loving it. They were supporting everybody. But like being an American, our perspective of it was like, wait, what? You're really rooting for Harry Kane and, and what? And a- for fucking uh, Deli Alley and and Kieran Trippier and fucking Jesse Lingard and and, and how like, about England winning matches off of penalties I mean that is just something you never see in a World Cup I mean that is just great <laughs> the the hoodoo is over some yeah. and but but you know what Gareth Southgate did Shot, yeah. is just great ridiculous job. like R- mad respect he, he's I think he's cemented himself as an England legend already I mean, yeah. even though it's only been one World Cup, I think he's got a he's got a bright if you, future for that. I know it's off topic, but like if you're Southgate, because I know he's only getting paid like upwards of like a million a season, something like that, like something extremely low, because international managers don't get paid very well. No. If if, if a mid table Premier League club comes calling and says, "Hey, um, even though it's December, we want to hire you," I don't see why not. I don't see why not. But but you don't, don't stay and, and and complete that England project and see how far you can get because. I mean, that Seeing squad. how far you can get. I mean, I don't know. It's not like that squad is old, though. No, of course not. No. I mean, that's a, more that's a squad where seven or eight years. of those players are going to be there the next World right, Cup. Right, and more or less going to be the same squad. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, but let, let's get let's get It'll back to RLC a little bit. Um, I think he's clearly ready for first-team football um, yeah. after, after watching him this World Cup. Um, but it's, it's going to be very interesting to see what type of role he's going to have under Sarri. Um, Zach, what, what what do you foresee um, Ruben Loftus-Cheek doing this season? It's interesting that you mentioned what type of role will he take because, I mean, we all we all saw him um, in the youth academy and we all saw the role he played there where he was just this powerhouse. But in the Premier League, you know, we've seen him deployed from everything as a left-sided midfielder to a striker to a number 10 to a box-to-box midfielder. Yeah, this guy can play all over the pitch, really. Yeah, yeah, he can. So, you know, it, it, it's tough to answer because we haven't seen him play in Sarri's system yet. But if I was just going to take a guess, he'd be playing the same exact role Ross Barkley has been playing for him. Um, he'll be, he could play. Oh, man, we haven't even brought up Ross Barkley. And we're he's been, he's 58 been re- minutes in. Have you seen? I just, just got to say just a quick 30 seconds. Ross Barkley played so well against uh, Perth. I mean, and wow. Inter. He did well in both he, matches. And, and uh, I, I mean, everyone who listened last season knows that I'm a huge Ross Barkley fan. Uh, kind of bit my tongue last season with, you know, obviously his, he was not healthy, but I'm so excited. If this, if, if he pans out, wow. Bargain it's gonna buy. Be great. Yeah, mm. bargain buy. It's not going to be quite the Danny Drinkwater signing. It's going to be hard to match that because that was such a great move. But you know what's you know what's interesting to me is that we have two players in Ross Barkley and Loftus Cheek who are very similar in terms of traits and attributes, but also physically. Have you seen pictures of Ross Barkley? Oh, he is a he big is a, boy. He he, he looks filled out. fit as hell. He is filled out. And that brand. and and very same nice. with Loftus Cheek. I mean, you got two guys that are just physically way more dominant than the average Premier League footballer. So. But but it 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 all comes down to one thing with Ross Barkley in particular too though his health is he gonna stay yeah. healthy is his hammy gonna pop 
is he gonna roll? Is he gonna you know twist his knee? That's, that's unfortunate. That's, that's gonna the be, thing. That's good. It's gonna be like that every season because he does have this dark cloud over him. Oh yeah. Of that's uh, very uh, unfortunate. with injuries, but going back to Loftus Cheek, I really hope Chelsea doesn't fuck this one up because. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. I'm because... laughing because. I see you have written we have embarrassment of riches at center mid. <laughs> it kind of reminded yeah. me of embarrassment of riches. At, no, but at but the nine. but, but that's the thing. See, here's the thing, Sam. I see the bright side. Okay, I see I see the glass is half full. Uh huh. And and that's that's just what I do, right? Yeah. It's, but it's but just a matter of time. But you cannot look. Whether it's real gold or fool's gold. So. <laughs> Fair enough. Think, fair think, play, but I'm, I'm leaning on your side though. Don't worry, Zach. But, but like, I think you'll be right. I see what you're saying, and that's fine. Like, I no, can, it's you could shit on me. I mean, that that that, that that's why you're my co-host. This co-hosts. is because we're, you're basing you're basing this off of a lot of speculation, and I mean, obviously, as a Chelsea fan, you gotta hope for the best, and I'm 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 with you. I'm just also gonna be cynical and give you shit, you know, just because that's hilarious. Would you be opposed to? Uh... To possibly having Ross Barkley and Loftus Cheek playing together for like some cup matches, or like that, and then why we're I mean them paired up in the midfield. I mean, if we're gonna play four three three, where do you where do you put them? Well, you, well, you would put them right in front of like an Angolo Conte. I mean, I'm talking about when you're rotating the squad. Maybe when you have right. Jorginho taking right. a break. Okay, or... yeah, I mean, I could see them playing together. I think that they do honestly provide Just... a lot of the same stuff but i mean i do think actually i, I do think that um ross barkley is a better goal scorer like a pure goal he, well, scorer well he's more of a finished article than loftus yeah Chief is. of course yeah but i think that they do i mean we also said rlc can play so many different roles so we got to see man i mean yeah. i'm really excited to see you know at the end of last season i really had a bad feeling about this next season not just of uh a lot sh- of fans, our show, but of Chelsea, haha. But um, a lot of fans still do. A lot of fans still yeah. look at it and say, you know, this season's gonna be fucked up. But the thing is, I, I had, I, I mean, I still, I had a way worse feeling until the signings that we've we've made and the decisions we've made. I think you know a lot of the fear came from the con- like the, the the mystery of like what are what's gonna happen. And now that yeah. I see these moves happening and things going into play or the lack I mean, of I'm, moves I'm, I'm, I think. i'm just really looking forward to this wednesday um we have the big international friendly match against arsenal a big international friendly, friendly. yeah i said <laughs> i said the friendly parlo under my breath uh, maybe hopefully no one caught that but then it doesn't matter we're still playing sunday, arsenal and then this sunday the official start of the new premier league football season see i mean do you beauty shield do you predict this match like like do you throw out a prediction we have no idea who's gonna play i mean it's it's for for either team i'm just gonna be difficult to even make a prediction and i don't even know how much either team really cares i know man city i have a a feeling man city doesn't care really at all you know what i just having north silverware would be nice but i think they're pretty much already like feeling pretty good about this last yeah. season. Well, we we have a little bit more something to play for. You want to talk about embarrassment of riches? They just signed Riyad Mahrez. That's not fair, man. No, it, it's not a matter of not no, they, fair. It, like, they, what no, are they going to do? They're they, going to play they Riyad. Signed, if you want to fit Mahrez. all that talent on the field at the same time, you're, you're going to have fucking Bernardo Silva and Riyad Mahrez playing right and left back. And I think the, you know, the funny thing is Riyad Mahrez, I think he made his official signing like in the middle of a World Cup match just so no one would no one would pay attention and get pissed off at him. Well, at it's about City. time. I, I noticed. I saw but you Don't know what? Mean, it's, you're not slick. You're talk, not slick. Talking about Leicester, they they are very they, they do run a, a very hard bargain with anybody they yeah. sell. Remember remember how complicated the drink water deal was, mm-hmm. and then now this whole Riyad Mahrez business, and now the Harry Maguire business. They they're not even willing to accept a world record fee for Harry Maguire. Who by the way, what a player. Yeah. But yeah. um, he's not Chelsea, so fuck him. Mm-hmm. Hey, but before we end this podcast, you know I gotta give a shout out to who. Brighton. 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 Let me let me take know? a guess. Let me take a wild guess. Because your boy Ali Reza Jahan Bash Is that how you pronounce Jahan it? Bash. Jahan yes. Bash. Jahan Bash. He was last Lit year it up last year. The leading goal scorer in the, in the Dutch league. league. Yeah, yeah. In the Dutch league. And just got signed for what was it, seventeen million, I think, which was a it was it was it was a Club transfer fee record. Um, so is Brighton gonna be your favorite relegation threatened side? 
relegation, baby. They're finishing top five this season. I don't know what <laughs> you're, you're gonna, talking you're about. You're gonna have the you're gonna have the you're gonna have the Persian Cristiano Ronaldo just light it light the Premier League up and score twenty five goals. It's funny because we had the Persian Messi earlier and he, he did not pan Ooh. out well. Sardar Azmoun. Yeah, Azmoun. Yeah. He 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 really stunk up during the World Cup and got a lot of crap. But <laughs> oh man, I uh, damn, it's really up. messed up because it I is, remember the last episode I was like, keep an eye out for him, everyone. It's just not. Just, it's not fair for you to say he stunk it up because Iran didn't necessarily hey, we play, have the greatest team in the world. I mean, they, we, they did play out of their skin though. They yeah, did. I don't, don't want to hear anything about from about that, Zach. I'm already. I'm still disappointed. <laughs> we got robbed, man. But anyway. Yeah, you did. Zach, it's so nice to be back, and I, you know, I, I felt I felt a void. There was a void in my heart, um, not doing this every week with you. But I felt that void has been filled this week. It has been filled. You're very filling. Zach. I've I've just that that's what she said. <laughs> but I, I'm just I'm just really like I've been feeling very uh, anxious lately. Mm-hmm. Right, safe to say, because I haven't been able to voice my opinion. I haven't been active on Twitter that much. Because every time I go on Twitter, I just get fucking disappointed mm-hmm. at all this nonsense, bullshit, us. crap, fuckery that's going on, right? Yeah. Like, I think that's the best way to put it. It's non, it's nonsense, bullshit, crap, fuckery, right? Uh, that should be one single word. It is all one single word. Okay, cool, yeah. So, right. um, Webster's, hit us up. Put that in, put it in your new edition. Predictions for Community Shield, 5-0 Chelsea. <laughs> I guess since we don't know yeah, anything, right. I'm gonna go six nil. <laughs> six nil, yeah. Fuck it. We Why not? Know you know, we're gonna have Marcin Bolka have the game of his life oh, in goalkeeper. Nice. Why not? Yeah, why not? I mean, shit. Hashtag start Marcin. Maybe. All right. If, if he's gonna start, I think it's gonna be five one then. He's not keeping it clean. Five cheap. one city. If he's gonna start. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah that's that doesn't look very good. <laughs> um, but anyways, I mean that, that that does bring us to the end of the episode. So we are gonna start recording every week, Sam. Look forward to uh, some special guests coming up soon. Ooh. Hint, hint. hint, hint. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, we're really glad to be back, and we hope that this new season of uh, of Roman's Empire could be better than the last. Yeah, hopefully it doesn't suck as much. It's, it, uh, last season did kind of suck, awesome, but, man. like, you know, we're getting there. No. We're, we're putting in some work. So That's it, man. No more self-deprecating humor. It's we're done. Good. It's done. And this is the longest closing we've ever done. So with that being said, um, keep the blue flag flying high.